0: Hi, this is uh, Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Movies talk, so let's talk movies. Let's talk movies. Now, the movies that we were thinking about talking about tonight were uh, some sequels to some fantastic science fiction uh, franchises.
1: Indeed. Uh, namely, uh, the Alien franchise and the Predator franchise. So we'll be talking about Aliens and Predator 2.
0: One film Ma- everyone Mainly, loves. I'm sure we may mention the other films, but...
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> one film everyone loves one film uh, some people love some most people hate
0: uh, that's not fair you don't you don't to say that most people hate aliens i know a lot of people do <laughs> i see <laughs> what you did there <laughs> all right um so yeah let's start off talking about aliens um you know it's uh it came out years after the first movie like many years what was it 79 and then 84 or 86
1: I believe it was '86. Having, having, yeah, '86. Having, having information up sometimes is helpful.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm an asshole. It's fine. Hey, Power of the so yes, yeah, so it's... yeah, seven years later is when Aliens finally came out, and it was being directed by, somewhat of a no one at the time, aside from the Terminator, uh, James Cameron, completely taking over this franchise, mm-hmm. and doing it in a very different way, compared to the first film. Now, I sat and I rewatched the first film um, a few weeks back, and I forgot how slow it was, especially in the first half of the film.
1: Yeah, a little bit.
0: Um, so it was interesting that Cameron wanted to go for a much more action oriented sequel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and interestingly enough, it's still a pretty slow first act, but I do feel that more is continuously happening, as you can tell with Cameron's style.
1: Absolutely. And actually, it's funny, because when I rewatched Aliens, I think the action set pieces stick out in your brain, obviously, a lot more than the other pieces, because the movie itself still has a lot of slow, like, quiet scenes.
0: Yes, a lot of them. So it's still very
1: similar to Alien in that regards. Alien is definitely, like, a, I don't know, people want to call like a haunted house movie, a slasher movie in space, pretty much. Mm -hmm. While Aliens is definitely a lot more uh, kick-ass, loud-in-your-face, shoot shit
0: So, so the plot of Aliens, in case you folks are need a a refresh, (laughs) um, you know, at the ending of the first film was Ellen Ripley jettisoning the alien, a uh, a type of xenomorph, into uh, into the vacuum of space, and then going into hypersleep, and saying that hopefully within uh, six weeks uh, she'll be picked up. So uh, Aliens takes place sixty
1: years later. Yeah. about
0: that, fifty-seven years later, <laughs> when she finally gets found by Whaley Utani, and she gets told that her daughter's dead, which I feel like her daughter was really old then, for her to be dead in sixty years, because Ellen seemed pretty young in the first film.
1: Yeah, but I'm sure her daughter was probably you know could be ten or twelve or you never know.
0: Maybe, yeah. Because they're on their May- way back
1: to to you know. See so are on the way back home in the first movie. So I
0: was about to say, you'd think in the future things would be better, but then I forgot that the aliens franchise is very much a franchise where they look at the future from the perspective of the 1970s. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh. I guess as you could say it's also more realistic, just because it's in the future doesn't mean necessarily that everyone just lives for all you know. There's a lot of reasons that uh, Ripley's daughter could have died.
0: Yeah, lots speak, of
1: reasons. Speaking of which, that whole part about her dying is something that was definitely that was not in the theatrical cut. So yes, that's, that's a big thing. Like the film does have two distinct cuts: a theatrical cut and a like director's extended cut. That basically that's much better to watch because it has a lot more things in it that make a make some of the film make a lot more sense.
0: There's some stuff that's cut that I feel should be cut, like, like what? the the the, the direction the director's cut also adds a bunch of pre landing stuff with Newt and her family. Yeah. Which I I don't I feel like we don't need to see. I prefer the whole we haven't heard from this colony. Let's go find out what's happening, and then they land and everything's fucked.
1: Well, it's set up that way to establish um, that Wayland Utani because they intentionally sent people to that uh, planet that they found the alien species on. and yes. that it's Wayland Utani sending them out to investigate it. It's, it establishes more of that stuff early on. That way, you know that Wayland Utani is behind all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it helps also have scenes of inside the facility that show life inside there and how everything is. And that way, when you see it later empty and desolate, there's more of a contrast.
0: And that's legit. I think I just prefer the version of everything being terrible uh, (laughs) when they arrive and, like, not knowing what it was like before or how bad it got.
1: No, I prefer to know that there were children there and those children were murdered.
0: Oh, yeah, all the kids died. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Except one.
1: Uh, Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's a good
0: uh, movie. Oh, fuck the third movie. At least what it establishes and what it takes away. Um, anyway, so, yeah. So then the movie continues, and Ripley is just trying to live a life, which I think is cool. I think it's kind of cool that she's just like, I'm going to get a job and live on this space station instead of going back to Earth for some reason.
1: Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, she's probably, A, probably way later, Well, everything was setting up that she was um, going to be like, on this big commission, she had her license stripped from her because they wanted to say it was her fault for blowing up their cargo and all this other this ship and everything else. And Yeah. So I guess she's, yeah, she's just working at the loading docks, working a job. Because I imagine also if her daughter's dead, like, she probably feels there's no reason for her to go back to Earth.
0: Probably, yeah. So I, I see that... where she's
1: at kind of there.
0: Jones the Cat's still alive. Jones yeah. the Cat survives through two films, which I really appreciated. Yep. I want to make a canon official sequel to Aliens. Um, and have it be announced as this big canon sequel to Aliens that explores another character that we might not know the fate of, and then just have it be about Jones the Cat.
1: Well, that's going to be DLC for Alien Isolation. You play Jones I the Cat. Would,
0: I would download the hell out of Jones the Cat DLC for Alien Isolation. Oh no, oh. the
1: alien's coming. Better lay on my back and purr.
0: <laughs> Take that, <in> Xenomorph. <laughs> The xenomorph or just be, I you're too cute. I can't. Too can't. cute. Um. So yeah. So she finds out about colonists living on the same planet that they found the ship on, and she loses her shit. And the company's like, "Yo, bitch! If they if something was there, we would have found it by now. Relax." Ten minutes later, she gets a call like, "Hey, so all those colonists dis- aren't answering our phone calls. Yes, we think shit might have happened. We're gonna send you and um the U.S. slash Planet Earth." Space military. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's, it seems like kind of kind of comes off like a Whalen Utani like privatized.
0: See, like, they, to course. me the to me the Marines came off as um, an independent entity compared to uh, like they're being paid and hired by and Utani, but uh, they don't seem like to be a privatized military for and Utani. Because hmm. okay. there's just so many instances where they're ignoring Whalen Utani and telling the company man to fuck off. And oh yeah, and the part where. Ripley says that this is a military operation and not a company operation. Whereas if the company owned the military, it would be the okay, same thing. Okay, good yeah. point. Good point. Good yeah. point. So
1: Paul, Paul Reiser also plays the company man, and he's yes. uh, a slimy piece of shit.
0: <laughs> so perfect as a slimy piece of shit. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I cannot see him as anyone except Burke, no matter what his role is.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree.
0: Uh, so they. Uh, Ripley gives everyone the spiel. We get to meet the Marines, everyone's favorite characters and quotes for years to come. Uh, Bill Paxton is the, the standout star, in my opinion.
1: Uh, I agree. Him and Michael Bean. I think Michael Bean is pretty rad in the movie as well. Oh, Bean is
0: great. I would just consider him more of um, Bill Paxton's sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> just And that's not a knock on Michael. That's just how much I love Bill Paxton in this film.
1: Uh, I'm there with you. Yeah, that, that's, right, that's right on. But no, he's amazing as Hicks, yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, again, really pissed off great. that they just decide to kill Hicks in Alien Three.
1: Well, yeah, I mean everything. There's a lot of problems with Alien Three. We'll get there.
0: Yeah, someday. <laughs> well, even we'll briefly talk about how Alien Three kind of ruins the ending of Aliens. But yes. Uh, so she meets up all the Marines. They're all cool. They land on the surface of the planet. Everything is fucked. Everyone's dead. They find one little girl who's the only one surviving, scavenging for food. Mm-hmm. Ellen connects with her very strongly. For no reason in the theatrical cut. Yeah. And in the director's cut for very strong reasons because she just found out that her daughter died of mm-hmm. old age.
1: Yes, exactly. And that that's what helps make that, like, make a lot more sense.
0: Absolutely agreed. Because otherwise
1: it's just like, oh, well, I, she's a little girl, they kind of get it. But it, it, the more weight is there in the director's extended cut when you, yeah, when you do know all that stuff. When you
0: see Ripley just in distraught tears because her daughter's dead... But also because her daughter died of old age. Yeah, and you like know, she you know, lost, she missed out on her daughter's entire life. Yeah,
1: and it's Paul Reiser the one telling you all that.
0: Oh yeah, I mean Paul Reiser could tell you anything and you'll cry.
1: Yes, that company man. <laughs> um, Lance Hendrickson is also in the film, uh, which is fantastic.
0: He is. Uh, I I thought it was really cool to give a good android since the first movie had just the super evil android mm-hmm. that only kills you via magazines.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Still don't really understand what he was going for there
1: Well, it's an android <laughs> You just take it, you shove it down You you destroy the windpipe I mean, becomes... yeah, eventually
0: it would kill them I just feel he has he could strangle them and that would be more effective
1: Hey, you know, when you gotta kill people you gotta do it in style <laughs> <laughs> You gotta do
0: it in style, you're right yeah, so. uh, um, um, And also, I thought it was interesting that um, Bishop did not was not, like, super programmed to get the Xenomorphs, possibly because he was a military-assigned android as opposed to being an android directly from the company.
1: Yeah, and I think he kind of talks a lot as well, like, how the earlier models had a lot of problems like that where they would just go nuts and be super um, literal about their, like, motiva- like, like motivations. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, like, him, he seemed like he's just, like, a, a normal guy that just happens to be an android.
0: Yeah. Although there was a fan theory that the... Um, the alien egg that was on the ship at the beginning Alien 3 was snuck on by Bishop because he still had programming to get the xenomorph to the company. Eh. I, I, don't, I, I don't buy that because I don't there's like that
1: no either, time. This that, that ruins Bishop's it, character. It ruins Bishop's character. They, they, they do enough uh, stuff to make you think that he's going to screw over Ripley. Ripley thinks she's, he's going to screw her over only to have him redeem himself and everything in a lot of ways. Every single time. Yeah, and so like, he earns her trust and earns the audience's trust, and just to go ahead and do that, that'd be kind of shitting all over his character. I
0: completely agree. So, um, uh, Yeah, I mean, the, the entire cast is fantastic in this film. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a weak one.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think everyone's solid perfectly cast. the cast. All the Marine characters are just, like, so like super macho, like, no bullshit until things get bad.
0: Yeah, because the idea to me with the marines in this film is that they aren't good marines. You think so? Yeah, I think the idea is that they're completely cocky, overconfident, but aren't really put together well. Like, that could be a reason why the company might have pulled strings to get them, maybe, or... I don't buy into that, but that could be an explanation. It's just in the sense that, like, they completely disobey direct orders from their superiors uh, multiple times. Uh, They shoot in a nuclear facility when they know it can kill everything although to be fair what else are you going to do in that situation yeah, to be harsh. Fair, use harsh language the, to be fair the, the walls are coming
1: to life and yeah there are, there are xenomorphs grabbing and killing everybody which yeah. uh, my favorite thing about the film is early in the film bill paxton's character uh, private hudson is all like i'm the ultimate badass like he's such like cocky at like hardcore like yeah i'm a badass dude but then like after, like, the middle part of the film, he becomes total, like, oh, man, this is fucking bullshit when you get out of here. He becomes, like, <laughs> right. total 180, becomes, like, a quick, like, puss-puss and, like, freaking out and everything. And I of, of that turn. Right. How when uh, he's in control, he's totally uh, super rad, but... When, when he's, he's not, he's, he loses his shit. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, just that and the fact that they're like, su- their uh, superior officer has never been in a combat situation before in his life...
1: Yeah, he's he's new it and that caused a lot a, of distrust from the from the It's a,
0: it's a very Vietnam esque plot for the military in this film, I think.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: Overconfident, unprepared guys that are being thrust into an alien environment oh, where really? even though yeah, literally, uh where even though they are technology technologically superior in every way, they still get their asses kicked.
1: Absolutely. Um so I, I thought that, that was cool good. and interesting. That's a really interesting parallel, didn't think about that.
0: Um, so yeah, that's the military guys, they land on the planet, everything's fucked, they meet Newt, uh, then again, they find the colonists, what's left of them, and they're all in nests, and they're all cocooned up, and you got some burster action, Then the aliens show up, and let's rock, and you get your first big action scene of the franchise, and holy shit is it effective.
1: Absolutely, you just Be- watch this entire like group of Marines get picked off slowly because going into the reactor, they turn in all their ammo and stuff, and... So then, when things get bad, they're kind of defenseless, and yeah, of even guys... with
0: the ammo they did smuggle, yeah, <laughs> they aren't doing hot.
1: Absolutely, and then like the one guy carrying majority of their ammo gets killed and causes a bunch of problems. It's a really effective scene because like um, the way it's shot, the way the lighting and stuff, like the aliens are in, in the shots most of the time, but then you don't see them until they come out, and it's like a lot of sp- is pretty spooky and does was very effective.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, some people don't. Like aliens as much as Alien, because one of the things I liked about aliens that is this perfect unkillable machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yes, they can kill aliens now, but it takes a lot of firepower to do so. And even having that clearly shows that the alien is not at much of a disadvantage. No, because <laughs>
1: it's just like, and it's also um, numbers also factor into that quite a bit as well, obviously.
0: And just and there's a, and I like the little uh, additions of like um. Mythology that Cameron does in that scene with how the aliens, when they make a hive, they hide in parts of their own hive to be invisible, because mm-hmm. everything's um,
1: like all Geiger and yeah, the aliens um, can just blend right into it.
0: Or like how, uh, just the little line of maybe they don't show up on in infrared, mm-hmm. to you know again emphasize like how they're kind of like biomechanical in a way. And yeah, because they're also
1: just a different <laughs> life form. Because the humans are carbon based, the aliens are silicon based. And... Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it,
1: it definitely helps differentiate their, their, their biology and stuff. Those little things that you know Cameron was, used to be really good at.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the thing. I know some people also complain about the Queen, which we'll get to, about how it takes away from the mystery of the alien. But Cameron added in other stuff to keep it mysterious. He just wanted to explain the eggs and in a way that I felt was very satisfying.
1: I thought so, too. And there's nothing wrong with it. You still don't know like about the big ship, about the, the you know, space jockey at mm-hmm. this time. Anyways. Yeah. Um, You don't know all these There's so still a lot of questions to be answered And I don't think there's anything wrong with establishing a big queen bitch
0: Yeah um, So yeah, they fall back They try to fly away But their only drop ship that's also on the planet Crashes and blows up
1: Which uh, leads to probably one of the best uh, Pieces of dialogue <laughs> in the entire film
0: Bill Paxton in that scene is amazing Improving the best <laughs> i oh, sorry, I should say
1: ad-libbing ad- ad- are the best lines.
0: Yeah, even Paul Reiser in that scene is fantastic, because he's just sick of Hudson shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for those you who don't know, at this point, uh, Hudson is so distraught. He's just like, well, that's just perfect, man. Game over, man.
0: What are we and... going to do? What are we going to do now? <laughs> We're fucked, man. We're fucked.
1: <laughs> and that's uh, all that's ad-libbed. I love it. It's such a perfect line, too. Game oh. over, man. Game over,
0: Although this does bring me up to the one of the very, very few questions that I do have in the film of why is there a giant military mothership orbiting the planet and no one's on it? Uh, computers. I just, <laughs> it's not a good answer for me.
1: Well, I don't know. It clearly, I think it's it's like, okay, well, we have this giant ship, it can be, op- many, it can be um, well, it, it's similar to the ship in the first movie. It only takes, like, five people to operate a gigantic, you know, freight Yeah, but spaceship. it's it's
0: like, but in this situation, since it's a military operation sending the military to check out a situation, it would be like sending the USS Arizona with ten soldiers on it. You know,
1: in the future, you only need ten soldiers to operate the USS Arizona, didn't you? You Maybe, but
0: it's just a huge ship. I just feel like someone could have stayed behind.
1: Uh, No one is on that ship, James Cameron. F (laughs) minus.
0: Like it doesn't affect my the quality of the film at all. Please don't get me wrong, but (laughs) but I do. I just question that. It's just like it's. You think you just leave someone back, you know, in case their only means of leaving the ship blew up. Just in well, bu- case. They go into...
1: cuts, um you know yeah, they just aren't what they used to be. They, they they haven't drafted in a long time.
0: After nine eleven and twenty fifty, everything everything went towards fighting Pakistan space.
1: Where were you the day those space towers fell? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> also Someone I said, flew those spaceships into those space towers.
0: You know who it was? It was whaling Utani, I bet. Clearly, shut up! Shut up, you conspiracists! This is an inside job. Uh,
1: your loose space change,
0: loose space change. <laughs> okay, so so uh, they realize that it's going to be like eight weeks before anyone from the military comes to check on them, which is insane.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a broad window <laughs> of time.
0: You think? I mean, two days not hearing from your military group on a military operation—you'd think would be like, hey. We should go. Check some shit out. But regardless, so they set up shop, they set up defenses, but then they realize that they only have, like, a few hours because, go figure, the Marines blow up a bunch of the shit in the nuclear reactor and everything's gonna explode.
1: Yep. It's gonna go boom.
0: So, Bishop is a cool guy, Cross through the vents.
1: Yeah, that's, oh, when he gets in those vents, like, the first time he starts shimmying down this, like, ton, like, little, like, pipe, it feels so claustrophobic and it kind of, every time it freaks me out just a little bit.
0: Absolutely. It's similar to, I
1: guess you can say, like, um, Shawshank Redemption, that same type of just you know, the crawl through it. It's like a sewer pipe.
0: One of my favorite moments of the film is when Vasquez hands Bishop the pistol, and Bishop just looks at it, shrugs, and then hands the pistol to Ripley. <laughs> He's just like, I literally don't need this at all.
1: Yeah, he'll be fine. Um... Yeah, uh, so then, yeah, they set up all, like, the sentry guns. I think the cent- old sentry bits, I think, is also part of the extended cut. I don't think that was... Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's not in the final cut at all, so um, which it, is yeah. terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good scene. It helps to, like, show how they're bunkering down, defending themselves, and how Ooh. it just doesn't fucking work.
0: <laughs> um, they seal up all the doors. They miss the air ducts somehow. Which feels like that should have well, been the first I think, thing. I
1: don't think it's like explicitly the air ducts. I think they feel like they got everything. I think that's the scene comes where they think they missed something, they just didn't know what it was, something that just wasn't on the blueprints. Yeah, them. yeah. Um, so it wasn't like expressly ducts. No,
0: absolutely, just... yeah. You're right. Sorry. It's, no, it's <laughs> fine, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um so we finally see how Oh yeah, we there's the scene where Ripley uh challenges Burke on the fact that he specifically sent the colonists to the ship.
1: Yeah, and then it helps to like show that, then like, oh yeah, Waylon Utani definitely knows about all this crazy shit going yeah.
0: on. Yeah, Burke is a sc- sc- scumbag company. A per- oh, big, sh- big
1: shocker. <laughs> yeah.
0: Before you could kind of like be like, okay, I mean, he works for the company, but he might be a decent human being. No. Uh, but no, definitely not. He's a total, total corporate <laughs> guy. Uh, which is emphasized even more when he locks Newton Ripley in a room with two facehuggers. Yes. Which is fantastic.
1: Which is a great sequence too.
0: Another great sequence, yeah. It's very, it's for a movie that isn't a horror film like the first one is. There's a lot of r- legitimately very tense, horrific scenes.
1: Yeah, um, it has a lot of huge action set. I feel like the movie is still very similar in that regard, because it has like a lot of good horror scenes, but also. But it just adds more on top of it by having the big actions. I agree completely, yes. Because even the horror scenes can stand up just as well, today. the horror scenes in Alien, except no one's being raped by a, like, knife foot tall xenomorph.
0: Right, right, which is too bad.
1: Which is too bad, clearly.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, they come in, Hudson saves Noose Life because Hudson's badass, via Absolutely. emptying almost his entire clip into one facehugger.
1: <laughs> he was having none of that shit. <laughs> none of that shit. Uh, so I, not only that, he pins it to the wall with like a rolling cart, and then starts blasting into it.
0: Yes. Um. So then the aliens yeah. bust in. Yes. Uh, they Which, run
1: to oh, where. Another another amazing lines. <laughs>
0: uh, and I th- I feel like Hudson finally gets enough balls to fight, and then he immediately dies. Yes. But before that, <laughs> they
1: all, oh man, they cut the power. What do you mean they cut the power? They're animals, man. <laughs> They're animals. Bill Paxton is just fucking incredible in this movie, and I fucking love him so much.
0: I completely one thousand percent agree.
1: Definitely one of my favorite actors for sure. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, they realize the aliens are within the perimeter. They seal themselves in the room. They realize that they missed the space between the ceiling and I guess the real ceiling.
1: Fucking drop ceiling all the yeah. time.
0: Fucking drop ceilings.
1: Either it's catching on fire and killing people in a bar. Or it's causing xenomorphs to get into a room and kill people. Yeah,
0: let's. Can we please stop with the drop ceilings? They're literally worthless. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: They have done definitely done more harm than good. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and again, this is another big action scene. It's uh, the last major action scene with all the marines and a bunch of aliens. Which I think they... it's important to say that they only had like what seven suits.
1: Uh, no, I think it was less than that. I think the movie, the entire production, only had five or okay, five, five, like five, basically, su- yeah. five of the um, xenomorph suits, and it shows definitely how creative uh, they can be with the shooting and, of, and you know everything to make sure to maximize what they have with what little money they had. Absolutely, Not, so, that's a, they Didn't have a lot of money; they had a decent amount of money. But uh, Cameron came from the Corman School of filmmaking, where you squeeze as much as you can out of your budget and make the best use of it. Something. He, I think we mentioned this before, is really lost.
0: Yes, because that's the thing, like, um, Aliens had a budget of $18.5 million. Yeah,
1: and it which it like fucking incredible. Which is
0: obviously respectable, and obviously, like, a guy like me, would, I would murder a human being for that kind of budget on a movie. But for the kind of movie that this is, if they made Aliens today, that would be a $100 million movie.
1: Oh, way more than that. I, mean, I, see, I see this film as being a $150-$200 million picture.
0: Yeah, so the fact that they made all of this for eighteen point five is really wonderful. Yeah, a lot it, of, it was.
1: Like, it's model use and practical effects, and
0: it's a very, it's a good, uh, like, uh, example of high budget, low budget filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And that shows is, what you can do with it.
1: Yeah, which is everything like the court, Roger Corman did. To yeah. Get, take the tiny budget, do the best you can with it. Sometimes don't even do that. You seen pockets of money, of course. Right. <laughs> but, um, and everything else. Then that's that's especially what Cameron's so good at with like Terminator. Even Terminator 2, that, the budget... I mean, mm-hmm. that movie looks ex- incredibly expensive, but the budget is still you know, rather, relatively modest for it.
0: Yeah, I forget what the budget for that one was offhand. Yeah, but... Yeah, but, yeah, it, again, it, it was it low comparison. for what it is. It's
1: not like his day... Nowadays, when Avatar is like a $200, $200 million movie, mm-hmm. it's just like, ugh. Yeah. And it doesn't look... And it looks like crap, let's be honest, because of all the C, you know CG and stuff, and you yeah. start dumping all that and getting rid of practical effects and model work and stuff. It really... You know, your filmmaking. But that's but that's, you know, it's good that's another apocalypse. day.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, a bunch of the uh, military are killed. Uh, Bill Paxton dies, so we can um, stop watching the film.
1: Absolutely. He dies in a very badass way, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he, absolutely. He's just looking at every alien, swearing at every alien and shooting them. And then finally an alien pops out of the floor because none of them are tough enough to take Hudson on face to face. It takes, like, two of them pulling him down. It does, like it takes Jesus two of them. shooting
1: into him and screaming. And yes. He goes out like a badass, for sure.
0: Also, I want... Oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, I wanted to point out how, in most of the movies, the blood acid is potent as shit. Um, you know, it, it goes through, like, ten floors on the Nostromo in the first Alien movie. Mm-hmm. Or um, it gets splashed on Hicks' uh, armor, and Hicks has to take it off, and he's still all fucked up just from the acid. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, Hudson gets a big bucket full on his arm and it just gets slightly burnt.
1: Yeah, because he's a badass. Because <laughs> he's a super badass. He's a, he's a Fox
0: Marine. <laughs> um, the other Marines kind of die. The only other good, really good military deaths are Gorman and Vasquez in that scene. Uh, which is fantastic because it's a nice scene between the two because Gorman has been a fuck up for most of, this, most of the film. Mm-hmm. But even he goes back for Vasquez who just got done sh- killing an alien with a 9mm, which you shouldn't be able to do, but she did it because that's how badass she is.
1: That's absolutely right. Over Her ovaries are that powerful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, you got the suicide with the grenades with Gorman and Vasquez. It's a really nice scene. I like it a lot. That's a
1: pretty badass. That's like a tactical nuclear grenade, too. Yeah. It fucking just, like, goes everywhere.
0: Uh, then Newt falls down a uh, air duct because she's fucking stupid. You dumb little
1: dumb kid, you dumb kid, dummy. That's
0: where they should have just been like, well, it was a good run, Newt, but let's go home, bye.
1: Nope, uh, Ripley's got to save her because Ripley's daughter died.
0: Yes, and again, that would make way more sense. I mean, obviously, like you said, it does kind of make sense. It's a little girl. Yeah, exactly. Ripley's not going to leave a little girl behind to die. We get that, but how obsessed Ripley is makes way more sense when you know about her daughter. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Because she has a new, that that little girl, Newt is her new little daughter, and she's going to save her. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Until um, I... her other daughter now dies, <laughs> yes. and then her da- and then her other kid in Alien Resurrection, the half human alien, also dies. So Ripley don't just can't dude, <laughs> don't be related to Ellen Ripley, or otherwise you're gonna die. Uh, yep, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they can't save Newt. She gets dragged to the hive. Bishop's like, "Yo, bro, we have got plenty of time. We got twenty minutes before the station blows. Sweet, we're not leaving." Well, by plenty of time, I meant plenty of time if we leave right now. Yeah. Um, what are you doing, Ripley? Oh, God, no.
1: And Ripley uh, becomes a <sighs> badass bitch. She Super badass
0: bitch. Strips like
1: a uh, uh, straps a like, flamethrower to a gun and everything. She's going she to hide. She just duct tapes
0: it. Like, she's just like, I oh, need yeah. both of these things, so here we go. Rock and roll. <coughs> Takes all the grenades, goes down to where the hive is. It's a great, another, again, another great horror-like tension scene of her going through the hive, and there's no aliens. Nothing bad happens, but the entire time, you're on the edge of your seat.
1: Mm-hmm. And then she gets to the big aid chamber, and there's like these slow shots back, where she just, like, sees how big this room is, full of it, and then, like, the pan shot to the, where you finally get the reveal of the alien queen. The
0: pan with the queen is so well done. Like, the yeah. reveal of her is so good. Because you just see that
1: gigantic like <coughs> head mantel piece, and it's just like, oh my god, this thing's fucking huge. I can yeah. fucking with that.
0: Um, you got the nice scene in that point of her threatening the eggs with the fire, and that establishes that the queen is intelligent enough to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ripley becomes a bitch for no reason. and just kills all the eggs anyway. Come on, Rip. It's literally going to be nuked in the next five minutes. Absolutely.
1: And then it takes the uh, work of, like, 23 people to animate that uh, alien queen doing things.
0: That's right. I forgot it was that many. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous how many people it took to... Get that big practical effect because nowadays that'd just be a big CG monster, like a big like green ball being flung around.
0: Well, to be fair, and in, and in, in the first AVP movie, and don't get me wrong, that movie had a lot of fucking problems. Um, but to be fair, they did do a healthy mix of both practical and CG work in that movie, including the Queen. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, like the full body Queen shots was CG. But mm-hmm. there was also a lot of like close up that was just like like the torso of the Queen, which they did build. So I gotta give like respects to uh was it Paul W S Anderson? I don't remember. The guy who directed Mortal Kombat directed A V P always just
1: Yeah, that's Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah.
0: Clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I uh... I do have to give Matt props to him because like you said, most of the time she would be full CGI like all the creatures in Avatar. But like mm-hmm. when, at least when he made AVP, as many problems as that film had, the uh, while they they use CG as a tool to enhance stuff as opposed to using it as a crutch. And I'm
1: fine with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And That's the and, and the queen and all the xenomorphs looked great in that movie because of it, because you had all those great practical effects. And then when the predator would swing an alien through pillars and shit, then it was CG, and then it would become practical again. You know. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's and then the the. The suit, the puppeteering, the creation of the queen and all the aliens in this film are amazing.
1: Absolutely, no argument here.
0: Um, so, so she goes up the elevator. Then the alien queen hits the up button on the elevator too. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm
1: surprised because that 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 queen's pretty big. She was like really must have been hunching down in that elevator.
0: I mean, yeah, you can see how snug she is. They did not Absolutely. try to like lie about you know. That's, oh man,
1: that's another great shot when the doors first open and all you see is like kind of some light casting off of her inside
0: the elevator. And, and then she just comes out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's her big-ass arms that are all folded in because they couldn't fit in the elevator normally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she just starts coming out, But then the ship shows up, everything's okay, and then the queen is somehow on the ship. Which leads to another...
1: Uh, well, I, I assume... Cause, um, I
0: assume she gets in the uh, landing gear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because exactly, that's
1: where she comes out of the ship when they're on the big mothership. And then it leads to another... Oh, amazing shot when uh, Bishop just gets impaled through the chest and, like, the milk starts busting out of his mouth. And
0: Absolutely. Oh. And I can't think, imagine how smelly Lance was at the end of that day underneath those hot movie lights covered in milk and yogurt.
1: I, I would be surprised if it was something besides milk and yogurt because I know for, like, um, the uh, the movie The Stuff, the Larry Cohen movie The Stuff, it was, like like, a mixture of, like... Uh, uh, what was it? Fish like fit like a uh, man. I the name of it. Like it was like a fish combination of stuff, and it smelled horrendous. Apparently, Jesus. So I can only imagine like the kind of weird crap they're using for that. it, was, like, it, it can't be as simple as milk. It never can be,
0: right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a great shot. Um, I and it make it I it makes sense with what's coming next. But one of the unintentionally funniest parts of the film is Ripley telling Newt, go run, and Ripley's like, no, here, come chase me! Never mind, fuck you, I'm closing the store, bye, Newt. Yeah. And yes, I know it's because she's getting to the power loader, but in mm-hmm. another dimension I like to think that Ellen just then um, gets onto an escape pod and leaves. And yeah. leaves that ship.
1: Man, fuck this shit, I'm done. I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm done with this. I had hard enough time ejecting a. It's kind of funny when I think about now, like the ending to this movie is the same ending as Alien.
0: Absolutely, just bigger. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a a sequel. It has to be bigger. Not only, yeah. So it's like a slight difference, of course, but yeah,
0: but yeah, and (laughs) and the fight between the power loader and the alien queen, as hammy as it kind of is, I love. Yeah, it's so good. It's just like two titans, trading blows, and the way that the queen fights is so good. Like, the Mm. way she, like, curls her head and moves her hands and tail the whole time. It's very natural for something that's a completely unnatural enemy. Mm. Entity, I meant to say. Um, No, you're right. You're fine. So, yeah, then uh, (laughs) Ripley throws it into the airlock, and then falls onto the airlock, and then opens the airlock, and then Bishop grabs Newt, and he's strong enough, and that's fine. Ellen Ripley's arm is stronger than the vacuum of space, which is cool for her.
1: Hell yeah, cause she's a badass lady. <laughs> she's a badass lady. <laughs> and, the, and she has plot
0: <laughs> Um, And they close the doors, and then they all get into the cryogenic chambers, and they say, you know, you can dream, because there's no more monsters. Good night. And nothing bad will happen to us.
1: Absolutely nothing bad will happen.
0: Until Alien 3 completely ruins the entire point of Aliens.
1: Until until the studio goes through, like, 25, 30 scripts, uh, doesn't know the script they're using when they're shooting the movie, thinks the movie's going to be set on Earth, it's not set on Earth, uh, then they decide, oh, we can't use the actors again, because, uh, um, Carrie Han, who played Newt, oh, no, she's too old now, so we have to kill her off, instead of trying to just explain that maybe there's a cryogenic problem or something.
0: Yeah. Or get a different actress.
1: Or that, too. <laughs> I mean, or you could just, you know, keep using her, no one would care. You know, Michael yeah. Bean and her were both perfectly fine to do a third movie, but nope. Uh, David Fincher's on set on behind-the-scenes footage yelling to a megaphone that uh, Fox is, is fucking morons. They're like, fucking morons. Because he was so frustrated making that movie.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that, that's Alien 3.
1: That's for another day. Aliens is a fantastic film. Uh, a damn near perfect action film.
0: Uh, also, like, a, almost a perfect thriller as well. Absolutely. Um, there's not too many films I can think of off the top of my head that are, like, thriller action movies, you know?
1: Yeah, I could. Yeah, I,
0: I can't think of top. my top. Yeah. Um. So yeah, very effective. Like you said, some of the horror scenes are right up there with anything in the first movie, in my opinion. With the action scenes and the new explanations added on, <clears throat> and again, some people don't like some of the stuff Cameron added. Like some, there are fans that prefer the uh, alien cocoons you, and then you become an egg versus the queen lays the eggs. But that's one of those things where like both of them can exist. Like Cameron's additions do not take away any of the original intents.
1: Oh, but I don't. I, where where the whole uh, alien cocoons
0: you and you become an egg? Where'd, where'd that, that is a from? deleted scene from the first movie, which oh, was okay. re-added for the theatrical re-release of it. Oh, was it? <clears throat> yeah. Um, Ripley right. finds Dallas and I forget which other crew member, but they're both cocooned. The other crew member is halfway to be turning into an egg, and Dallas is like already starting like mutate, and that's when Ripley sets him on fire and kills him.
1: Oh okay, I had been seeing the deleted stuff for aliens. So I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, well, but but like I said, they both work together. So one of the fan explanations is that if a drone is by itself, it'll catch a few people to turn them into eggs to make more aliens, and then once more aliens exist, one of the drones will then molt into a queen to then lay eggs normally because that's easier and more effective.
1: Yeah, similar to kind of what a- ants are because yeah. one will become the queen and all this type of stuff.
0: And... Yeah. So again, like it, like everything that this movie adds does not take away from the first film. Um, and again, Absolutely. it's it's Cameron when he was at his peak. Uh, lots of cool little things like taking away the dome on the xenomorph just because he liked the way it looked underneath the dome. Mm-hmm. It just gives them a completely different look. And again, some people don't like it because they look more like insects now instead of the biomechanical thing of the first film. I still think they look biomechanical. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> um, just their head is slightly different, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it gave us one of the greatest video games of all time, Aliens Colonial Marines. And where would we be today without Aliens, Colonial Marines?
1: Uh, we'd be living in a pit in Kazakhstan or something. Exactly,
0: sure. exactly. Uh, so yeah, um, great film. If you haven't yeah. seen it, please see it.
1: Yeah, and I'm actually, if you haven't seen it, I'd be rather surprised. Honestly, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those films I feel like everyone's seen. But then again, I run into people all the time who haven't seen plenty of films. I think are much watches. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you haven't seen it, what are you doing, dum-dums? Get out there and see it. You can get like the Blu-ray Probably ten bucks if
0: that. Yeah, seriously.
1: It, it looks great because of glorious Bill Paxton action. I will Bill say though that some of the effects don't hold up a little bit. Some of the um, shots, like when the the, uh, the landing ship is landing, like it just doesn't look too good. I don't yeah, know you,
0: no, it, you can tell it's very much like a um, composite matte, shot, a composite That's shot, which is interesting, especially on the Blu-ray, because usually the companies like to touch up those sorts of shots and make them look mm. better. You know, like the Blu-ray of Nightmare 2, all the effects look really good and they shouldn't. Um, so I feel that the effects of Aliens should have looked equally good on Blu-ray, but it looks just like it did in the original theatrical version, which I guess is fine. I'm fine
1: with that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always <sighs> fine with uh, keeping the original if you can, unless it's something like, let's for example, Shout Factory remaking PB's Playhouse, because the film was shot on the show was shot on film transferred to video that edited on video mm-hmm. and thus you can't do much of that cuz it's going to like garbage no matter what you do yeah. so it's going back to the original film negatives and then re-adding the special effects is probably the best way to go
0: Absolutely So
1: yeah I I am okay with if the if everything is on film everything is put on film just leave it as that otherwise you end up like the Predator Blu-ray where everyone looks like they're made of wax cuz there's been so much digital noise mm. reduction
0: I, I've never seen the Predator Blu-ray,
1: so I didn't oh, the, realize that. The, I think like, the, first, the first Predator Blu-ray that came out, there's so much digital noise reduction that Arnold Schwarzenegger looks like he's made of wax the entire movie. That's amazing. You can see comparison shots on Google. If you, I'll <laughs> try to link to it and when oh, we want to post this episode. It just looks awful. I want to own that Blu-ray so bad.
0: Um, so speaking of Predator...
1: Yeah, speaking of Predator... Um, let's, let's get into the star to... of this episode. It, the absolute start of this episode is the 1990 sequel to Predator, Predator Two.
0: I love Predator Two. I do too.
1: Predator Two, I think, is a much better movie than the first one, in my, in my opinion. I understand if people prefer the first one or like the second one, because I always say Predator is like a jungle like action movie that an alien happens, to, an alien entity happens <clears throat> to interrupt. Predator Two is like a gritty sleazy cop movie that I, you know alien entity happens to interrupt yeah because it's like the alien wasn't in uh, the a predator 2 i still want to fucking watch that movie it looks like a great cop drama about yeah. the, you know, these two warring gangs in la and shit
0: yes the colombian and jamaican drug cartels absolutely in the future of 1997 <laughs> in the future of
1: 1997 which you know honestly thinking about 1997 la at the time that's
0: not too far off not really it's pretty spot on actually
1: so um the movie is directed by Stephen hopkins um mm-hmm. One of his earlier films. Uh, it's also written by Jim and John Thomas, who were the writers of the first Predator film. And they came up with the idea for the second one while they their set of the first one, thinking of different ways they could take this and make it, quote-unquote, like, urbanize it in a way it is. Yeah. they said it. Um, the film stars Danny Glover as uh, Lieutenant um, Mike Harrigan, who's a yeah, cop in L.A. Um, <laughs>
0: love him way more than Schwarzenegger.
1: I do, too. I mean, I love Schwarzenegger, but the film in Predator, <clears throat> sometimes it feels, I guess, like can. T- in retrospect, like too schwarzenegger like yes, these, like too many too many one liner bits, too much like goofy bits. I feel like Predator Two takes itself a lot more seriously, yeah. And like the comedy just feels kind of is like that kind of situational kind of dark comedy, where some funny bits and things like that, but it's not like Gary Busey's you know throwing a knife into some guy and then telling him to stick around. Yeah, right. If I want that, I'll just watch Commando because Commando is going to do that better and be a more appropriate space for that to take place in.
0: Yes, although Personal. to be fair, I think the movie opens up that way in the sense like. If you start to watch that movie without knowing it was an alien movie, yeah. you're supposed to think it's Commando and then the Predator shows up and you're know, like what the fuck. And unfortunately, the trailer could never show the movie of being just like Commando and also the movie's called Predator. So yeah, like exactly. like it was written in a s- certain way, but because of how the movie has to be marketed and I don't even mean like oh shit spoilers, you know, companies ruining the movie, like legitimately that's how the movie had to be marketed absolutely completely ruins the offset tone in the first act of the film i
1: would love to sit down with somebody who has never seen predator never heard of predator
0: and watch that movie and then
1: like just put the movie in but once i start watching it like after the title sequence (laughs) yes so that we don't know what it's called you just can watch it naturally i don't think that'll ever happen but someday (laughs) i hope i could do that someday with somebody yes um so uh where were we um so yeah, this is kind of getting the plot of the film. Um, it takes place in the future, of the, the, the grand old future of nineteen ninety seven. Um, it takes place in LA where there's a massive heat wave going on. There's and there's a big turf war between the, the, uh, the armed Colombians and uh, Jamaican drug cartels. Um, the film starts in, like the best possible fucking way. There's a uh, big shootout between the uh, Colombians and some cops because like some there was like an undercover like um, uh, stake stakeout going on, and it gets Scorpio, who's, like, this big leader of the, uh, Colombians. And so the cops are shooting out with the Colombians, trying to get, save these two cops that are wounded in between the firefight. And so then, like, oh, what are we gonna do? What's gonna happen? Then all of a sudden this, like, car just smashes into a van like, drives by, <laughs> and Danny Glover gets out as my Carrigan. <laughs> and he's just like, well, what's the situation here? And then they tell him what's going on. So he, like, <laughs> he, like, ripped, like, backs up, knocks the door off his car, like, Covers up the other side of, like bulletproof vest. Just drives in there, like swerves around. Yes, single-handedly, like blows away all these Colombian guys. Danny it's Glover,
0: still, the like... super cop.
1: Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> he is. I think it's sad as I feel like, um, even I had this like for a while when I was kind of like kind of being silly about the movie. Um, I, w- I would be uh, think about like, oh, Danny Glover versus Predator. Ugh. But I feel like that's also like another hindsight thing because we're so used to Danny Glover being a cop in the Lethal Weapon movies and such mm-hmm. that it kind of takes his role down this a lot more but he's like a fucking badass cop he's like a total like like vice cop practically and he's you know gives no shit
0: yeah absolutely it, it works so well
1: absolutely um so he uh takes down the, Cl- the the columbians and so a lot of them run inside like start arming up and then like down through a skylight comes the the predator and just fucking slaughters all of them
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> and so when uh harrigan and his two partners um Uh, One played by Ruben Blades, who plays Danny, and then uh, Maria Alonso, who plays Liana, Um, they bust in, and they find all this, like, huge massacre of bodies, and they're like, oh my god, what the fuck happened here? And meanwhile, while they do that, the Scorpio is, like, freaking out, shooting everywhere, and um, Harrigan chases him up to the roof, where... uh, uh, the Scorpio sees the Predator and the cloaked and such, and is th- going to shoot at it. But uh, Harrigan thinks to shoot at him, shoots him. He falls off the building dead. So they're like, "What's going on? This is so crazy!" So they see all these like this room full of massacred bodies all over the fucking place, and like they're kind of confused because they can't, they don't, they want to think maybe some Jamaican guy came and killed them all. But right, they think cut- some
0: Jamaican guy is a super badass.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, okay, who could? it Like no one they didn't take the drug. There's like like there's like coke and money everywhere. Yes. And, like, <laughs> like, he didn't take the coke. Didn't take the money. Just killed all these dudes. Why didn't we, the predator he, do any coke? I don't know. Why not? Why didn't he? Why didn't that predator do any coke? I don't know. <laughs> he does. He, the predator still is skinning people and hanging them upside down. So that's still happening. Absolutely. And so um, where does it go from there? I think later that night, there's like a kind of the predator's like going back and forth in a lot of ways between um uh, the uh, Colombians and Jamaicans, and so um. Well, I guess what happens, you get introduced to Gary Busey before that happens, uh, where it turns out there's like a, the police is telling Harrigan to stay off of it because there's like a special, like, DEA group coming in or some sort of thing like that from the FBI mm-hmm. and Gary Busey's leading it. Uh, and you later find out, of course, obviously, it's from obviously the beginning that they're investigating the Predator and they're like an alien investigator group from the government. But he's all, <laughs> Gary, this is the, Gary Busey's first film after his motorcycle accident.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that.
1: Uh, so uh, I was watching the like the making behind the scenes featurette for this that was made during the production of the film, and he is uh, he's fine in the movie, but he is full on crazy mode in the featurette. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, he's just talking like, "Oh man, if, um, <clears throat> I think I think all the DVDs that have come out has have, still have it on there. So if you pick it up, uh, watch the making of featurette because it's he just goes to some weird places talking about his character and like the character of the predator and like all this whacked out crazy shit mm-hmm. he's yeah so he that's some good full-on crazy mode gary Busey. um so yeah, i me introduced to him so uh later that evening of this of this day um a bunch of jamaicans show up to scare one of the columbian guys and they're like normal like you'd expect jamaican kind of gang where they're doing like voodoo shit and stuff because king willie the leader of the jamaicans wants to steal this guy's soul sort of like doing this ritual and stuff where then um the Predator shows up, fucking massacres all of them Absolutely. as well. You see like, some you get to see some new weapons. One was the like the neck gun that the predator launches and like has like it, like shish kebabs a guy pretty much Yeah, it like backs yeah. around him.
0: Yeah, the neck gun, the spear gun.
1: Yeah, and like the little um obviously the the ar- shoulder cannon's still there, and the, like the little like um arm blades and
0: And the identity disc from Tron, which is way yes. cooler when the Predator uses it.
1: Absolutely loot <laughs> just throws it. and This cuts through fucking everything as well as a major rad scene happens later on in the film. So much. Um, so this all happens, uh, and so they. Um, her- oh shit, man! A lot of stuff happens. In this movie. <laughs> we also get uh, Bill Paxton's also in this film,
0: <laughs> which is wonderful.
1: Absolutely, he's great in this as well. He plays Jerry Lambert, who's like a Lone Ranger cop. Who, like.
0: He's Mel Gibson. He's...
1: Yeah, in a way, he kind of is kind of <laughs> kind of comic reliefy characters for sure. Um, he is a cop who transferred up and everything, so he's with, the uh, Harrigan and his group, and they're kind of distrustful of him and such, but, uh, so that happened. So that happened. Then they went to the Jamaican guys. So they're there. They, the entire time, uh, Harrigan keeps, like, disobeying orders to stay put and all this such, because he keeps on trying to, he wants to figure out who, who's doing this crime, so he's getting chewed out by the, uh, Gary Busey and the FBI guys. Yes. And, um... And Morton Downey Jr. is also in this movie playing, playing basically, Morton Downey Jr., playing like a sleaze, like, hard hard vice kind of news reporter. Yeah. And he's pretty great in it. He,
0: he really is. Um,
1: So he's, like, the recording. You see him throughout the film all the time recording stuff uh, and trying to get the scoop and all that type of things. So, um, they, uh, uh Harrigan sends uh, Bill Paxton's character to, like, kind of trail Gary Busey's and his guys and finds out they're, like... Hanging around a meat factory and stuff, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's kind of strange. Why are they doing that? Um, well, trying to, the film goes a lot of places. Uh, I think the next major thing is when uh, Harrigan goes to uh, talk to King Willie about. Um, uh, like make sure, like make sure they aren't some they aren't the group that hired some guy to kill the Colombians or something. Right? Yeah, and the has all this reveal about how, like, no, it's you know he's like being all voodooish, voodooish. <laughs> it's, a, it's a
0: it's <laughs> a demon.
1: Yeah, it's a supernatural demon coming for Yaman. Because <laughs> 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 he's like casting chicken bones on a trash can and shit. Mm-hmm. Which I have to say, King Willie has a really rad scene because after Harrigan leaves, that's when the Predator shows up to fight King Willie, which is a really good scene when the. Predator's like walking through a big puddle. Yeah. And they're having him cloaked still. And they're using good... it's an interesting effect how they're having the water splash as he's <laughs> stepping down. Mm-hmm. I always like that part. It always and looks cool, just... yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it shows King Willie like draw a sword and he's going to fight the Predator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that doesn't work out too well for King Willie.
0: <laughs> I bet that goes as well as it did for the Indian in the first Predator film. Uh, yeah, exactly. In fact, no, I not think not slightly well. less well. Slightly less well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Billy um... at least got a stab in, maybe. Yeah,
1: maybe. Uh, King Lily did slice his chest up, though, so he's doing a bit better there. <laughs> That's true. Um, meanwhile, like um, Harrigan uh, sends Danny, played by Ruben Blades, who's like his partner, his best friend and everything, to the Jamaican... Um, no, the Jamaican, the place where the Colombian guy was killed, where all the Jamaicans were killed, mm-hmm. to find a piece of evidence. And during that, the predator comes there and kills him, and then that makes... Uh, Harrigan even more like bloodthirsty to try to find out who's killing all these people and try to you know and find the predator mm-hmm. in that regard. So then um, when another major set piece of the film is when uh, Harrigan tells uh, oh, yeah this is when Harrigan goes to meet King Willie he sends uh, Bill Paxton's character and then the female cop uh, Leona on a train to like go downtown like basically yeah. like, go near where the meat pack, pack, packing factory is mm-hmm. and uh, which leads to a hilarious exchange where uh, there's like some like asshole dude douchebag guys like pick on some girls and so when they're when bill paxton the owner I, I guess i should say jerry bill paxton's character i should have a character name I this when jerry and leona are gonna like, confront them they find out like some nerdy guy pulls out a gun like everyone on this train pulls out guns and shit. yes because <laughs> it's la in
0: 1997
1: absolutely so like and that's when the predator like busts in on this train and starts like massacring fucking everybody.
0: <laughs> everyone has guns
1: <laughs> Everyone has guns getting killed, like, so Leanna's, like, rushing to save everybody. Bill Paxton's, like, just gunning down, this trying to gun down this Predator as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually he throws golf balls at him. It's so good. And then, uh, draws a sword, and he's, like, you know, be, like, just like, some guy had, like, this big-ass machete, so he drag, you know, picks it up, and he's gonna, like, fight the fucking Predator. Sadly, Bill Paxton does not make it.
0: Uh, it's very unfortunate.
1: Yeah, so, um... Harrigan shows up,
0: um... Oh, also, um, the scene oh, yeah, where the yeah. Predator, um, scans her to see that she's pregnant and doesn't kill her because of it.
1: A fun fact, um, that's something that, it doesn't, it's kind of like, oh, that's the scene, I guess, in the movie, but if you read the novelization, which apparently I, I the novelization's really good for Predator, too, because, it, um, half the movie is, like, normal stuff you see in the film, the other half is, uh, from the Predator's perspective. Oh, that's cool. And you find out that Predator's a female. Oh, Nice. I think if I'm remember correctly, I my mean, might have been a little while I apologize. Um, and it goes in a lot more about their culture and stuff, and how like man is the most dangerous game in the universe, and how it's like a big honor to go to the Earth and hunt man and stuff like that. Yeah, to, as like a right, as like a rite of passage type thing. To go
0: back to AVP for a second, mm-hmm. um, one one of the problems with the film is that the one the one thing that works fine is that the aliens are a rite of passage for like teenage predators, mm-hmm. um, which totally works you know, you know, predators can easily kill, like, three aliens, and that's fine for their first hunt. Yeah. Um, but the director, in speaking about it, are like, talked about how you know, these are teenagers hunting the aliens, whereas, like, the predators that hunt humans are, like, toddlers, because humans are so easy, and, like, no, humans are considered the most dangerous game. Absolutely. You know, they... only, the only predators that are allowed to hunt humans are elders.
1: Yeah. Or at I least experienced that... hunters. Yeah, that director sounds like a fucking dumbass. Yeah. Um so yeah it also established in the in the book that um obviously Leona's kind of a implied to be a lesbian in the film like she's a total butch like butch dyke kind of character yeah. kind of cop so um what makes it shocking when when uh, Harrigan shows up and they say, "Oh man, this woman's pregnant," he, he looks kind of like, "Oh, like surprised." It's because in the book, it establishes that like they both got drunk and had sex one time.
0: I figured it was it's, his. I just didn't know the relationship.
1: Yeah, that, it's something that was established in the book, which means it was coming probably an earlier draft of the story. Absolutely, because you can because
0: t- to me, you can tell that in Danny Glover's reaction to her yeah, being exactly.
1: pregnant. But the movie doesn't tell you that. But it's something I if you want to pick up the novelization that goes into that. That's cool. So, um, uh, Glover's kind of sees the alien. He goes down the subway tunnels where all the bodies are cause he wants to check, make sure that Jerry didn't die. He did, because he's not there. He chases after the predator after it like, rips the spine out of Jerry's body. Yeah. <laughs> Throws him down and chases um, the predator back to the meatpacking district where um, uh, he gets, like, T-boned by the, the FBI guys, brought in, finally told what's going on, which uh, uh, Adam um, Adam Baldwin is also in the film. Uh, from like, He was in Firefly and all this. Yeah, yeah. Recognize him before he went super kind of crazy conservative like he is nowadays um he's in there as a minor role uh so gary Busey's full-on full crazy mode at a lot of times talking about what they're gonna because apparently they've been like setting up a big trap to catch the predator yeah because
0: he eats meat frozen meat
1: yeah he got a taste for beef as uh, <laughs> gary Busey said so so subtly uh so their plan is they put like radioactive dust in the meat packing house and that way they can't be seen which that doesn't end up working for them. Yeah, surprise
0: motherfucker, the Predator has a bunch of vision modes.
1: Absolutely, because they think you can only see thermal, which we as the audience are led to believe that's the Absolutely, I mean,
0: to be see. fair, that's exactly how it was shown in the first film.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and their plan is to use like liquid nitrogen, like big, big-ass fucking like proton pack spray guns yes. to like freeze the Predator. So they go in, Mission's going balls up, uh, Harrigan, in like total badass fashion, goes to his car, pulls out like a bulletproof vest, a big like m16 grenade launcher big shotgun all these guns and everything he's gonna go in there and save them yeah predators like fucking massacring everybody uh Hurricane gets in there fucking blows blasts down the fucking predator blows it away takes off the mask has the big old reveal like you know you get
0: ugly motherfucker yeah you're
1: one ugly and then the predator finishes the line for him um
0: that, so they. gary Busey saves the day Gary Busey saves "Today, because he's seven your ass Harrigan.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads to him kind of going out bad. He's like trying to spray down the Predator and things like, swinging meat everywhere and he's like where'd he go? Then the Predator pulls out his Tron identity disc yes. <laughs> flings it and it's like cutting through the. you see it like cut through all the sections of beef and then you see it hit Gary you don't see what happens you see like Gary Busey's legs fall down and like just like a bunch of gore and blood spill everywhere. Um, <laughs> And so um so Harrigan's like just running at this point because he's like, oh shit, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so he's on the roof. And my favorite thing is when he gets on the roof, all these birds are just constantly keep flying. they are scaring him. the he's shit out down. of them.
0: Yeah, because he's already on
1: edge. And I, I really appreciate it. That's like when you get those little bit subtle bits of humor going on there.
0: Um, and, I, and I like Danny Glover on edge much more than Arnold Schwarzenegger on edge in the in the jungle. Cause again, Schwarzenegger's like this big tough motherfucker. Harrigan is used to criminals and he's thrust in a situation he's not prepared for.
1: Absolutely. I think I find that a lot more compelling for sure. That's why I like this film a lot more. It's like this cop who's a badass cop. Like they establish that he you know has all his commendations, like he's a really cool guy and it's like him just put in a situation where he's like using everything at his power to like take out take down this alien creature who took out this big commando squad. I think that's really interesting, and I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm, I agree. And how some of it's also just by pure accident, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he eventually gets the ha- hand over the Predator, and, like, uh, they get knocked onto, like, the ledge of a building where, basically, Danny Glover's, like, laying on, holding on the Predator, and the predator's hanging off, dangling off this edge of this, like, 30-story building. Yeah. And so the Predator's like, well, endgame motherfucker. He uh, he held himself on with the trine identity took his hand out of it, activated the, the you know nuclear detonator device. Danny Glover reaches over, grabs the identities, cuts off the arm,
0: and of destroying the, predator, the device. Dest- destroying
1: the nuclear blast thing, and then the predator falls, smashes into an old lady's bathroom. <laughs> we have this super badass scene. I think it's really rad where uh, the predator's doing like a field dressing set. Yes. Where he's like, like putting on
0: stuff. Which is way cooler than the field dressing scene in the first movie because the predator like uses porcelain. To like he, like he, MacGyvers, she MacGyvers, it MacGyvers, yeah. you know, a way to heal yeah, it's itself.
1: A, it, it's a good way, yeah. Yeah, it's like crushing it up blue flames, like s- spatulin shit on. Meanwhile, Harrigan's like. Scared Scared to this, and he's trying to like shimmy down this pipe, and, <laughs> uh, and birds are flying out all around him. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, he kind of catches up. He gets to the point where he's like almost there. The predator, like, adrenaline up, smashes through, like, hulks through a wall, hulks through another wall. Yes. And he chases the predator down an elevator shaft. Eventually, gets the alien, sh- the predator ship. Where you, one big thing that happens to the film, is then at that point, you see a big mural of like trophy pieces with human skulls. With also, the scene is also a predator skull, not predator, a xenomorph, uh, a xenomorph skull, which is
0: the first thing to plant the seed of just like, oh right, Fox owns both these franchises, so they take place in the same universe.
1: Well, um, actually, it was actually in the comics at the same time. So the guys, I thought uh, that
0: predated the comics. Like, um, I'm, no, I'm, you're right yeah you're right they'll say
1: because the guys uh, the, the they talked to the sam winston guys in the feature featurette and they talked about how that that was kind of out there so they did it as a nod so like early in the film you kind of get an itty bitty glimpse of it you don't see it and when you get to the big full reveal you see this big xenomorph skull along with these other wicked cool huge alien skulls yeah. from other spe- other type of alien species and so then it leads up to a pretty badass showdown where harrigan with the ID- tron identity disc fights the the predator tries and really fucking- hard He's just doing his best. He's about to get fucked up, and he just rams it into the fucking gut of that predator and fucking destroys it. Yeah. Um. Then my the most badass part is when like eight more predators show up who are all different, unique styles. All great designs. Uh, Yeah. Fun fact: all of them are played by Lakers players.
0: I didn't know that. That's because Danny
1: Glover is a huge Lakers fan, so I think yeah, pretty sure yeah. I just watched it, yeah, the feature. I'm pretty sure it's Lakers players, yeah. So all of them are just played by because they need like big tall dudes. So they get they get basketball players right. to represent them and such. But no, they're all standing there around him. He's like, okay, who's, who's next? next? Such a and,
0: great like, thing to say. Little boss.
1: So like the major, the big elder of the group just tosses him like a like a pistol from like 1700s, and then tells him to leave. And he jumps off the ship, and ship takes off. Government guys are like, "What the fuck happened?" And he's like, oh, "We were so close." He's like, "Yeah, you'll get your chance, motherfucker." And uh, that's the film where uh, a badass uh, LA cop takes down a fucking Predator and
0: gives no shits. Yeah, absolutely, and I love, I love the uh, Predator giving him a gun from the 1800s. Absolutely. To establish like, not only how long the Predators have been coming to this planet, but how old the Predators can be.
1: Absolutely, and also it helps establish that even people back then were able to take down the Predator. Yes. Which I think that's really rad. The idea, I'd love to see someone like go that route and make like a film set. A like western
0: a... Predator film. Oh, that'd be great. Holy shit, let's get on this.
1: Yeah, that'd be rad. Um, so, yeah, um, that's the gist of Predator 2. Um, it didn't do very well.
0: It didn't um, do terrible, but compared to how much money the first movie made on its yeah. budget. Yeah.
1: It, the the budget of Predator Two is thirty five million. It made fifty seven. I think a big problem with that is the film. A little film called Home Alone came out the week before. Yeah,
0: if Home Alone didn't come out, it would have been way better.
1: Yeah, probably would have done much more and been a much more successful film. Uh, critics weren't too pro- weren't too fond of it either, saying it, it was too too bitter and too dark, like too. Um, cynical I guess
0: mm-hmm.
1: my favorite line is from Roger Ebert's review <laughs> Yes, where he gave the film 2 out of 4 he said the film represents an angry and ugly dream uh, he also felt apparently that the creature's design uh, had racist undertones where subliminal clues encourage us to subconsciously connect the menace with black males I don't quite see where he's seeing that at well
0: I don't want to sound come off as racist here but you know whenever I do go into let's say a more urban area it's not. That's not a race thing. Just like an area where there are more black people living, which is fine. That's not. It's not a bad area because <laughs> of that. Just. But whenever I'm in an area where there are more black people than white people, I do notice that they all have uh, camouflage and futuristic gear to hunt people with. And they
1: all have giant dreadlocks. Giant they dreadlocks, almost like eight feet tall. <laughs> they, they bleed neon green. I, I can't stand
0: that. I, I hate that.
1: So I don't, and it's it's sad is because Kevin Porter Hall, who played the Predator in this film and the first film, he is black. So it's like, ah, man, Ebert, what are you talking about? Are you are you hating this actor because he's a black actor? I think that's
0: what what it is. Ebert's racist. Clearly, (laughs) he also thinks that the xenomorph in the first Alien movie is racist. Probably because he was also played by him. Yeah.
1: So that's uh, that's great. That's great, Roger Ebert. So Roger Ebert says two out of four stars. So I don't know what that means, but
0: I mean it means it's not bad, you know. I mean it's like not, well, I think I
1: think it's had a more of a resurgence because the Metacritic score is an eighty-seven and it has an eight point four on IMDb. So I think people have kind of appreciated a lot more. Absolutely. Oh no! Wait, that's aliens. I'm wrong. I'm Whoops! <laughs> Whoops! Oh no! No! Never mind. Uh, people apparently still don't like Predator too. <laughs>
0: Predator Two still has a six point two
1: on on a IMDb. I don't get that. I don't think it's that bad of a movie. I
0: I would easily give it us at least a seven out of ten. I personally would give it more like an eight or yeah an eight out of ten. Eight,
1: eight, if I, personally, I'd give it eight point five. I really love Predator Two. It's definitely one of those movies I try to talk to people. Every time someone's like, "Oh, I don't like that movie," I'm like, "Well, when did you last see it?" Oh, when I was a kid. And I know rewatch it. It's really good. I feel because I know I was that way for a long time. When I was younger. I was kind of like Danny Glover fighting a Predator. Bah. That's But I rewatched dumb. it like, maybe like 10 years ago, I rewatched it and it was just totally changed everything. I was like, nope, this movie's fucking amazing. I love it. I, so I hope, um, I hope us discussing it help can, can, like, turn some people around and have people rewatch yeah, it. Yeah, at least after, rewatch you guys, it, guys.
0: Like, seriously. Because I, again, I agree with Bill. I think it's, I think it's the, my favorite Predator movie. Um, as much as mind. as much as I dug Predators, I'm very disappointed that Predators was basically just a remake of the first movie and, oh, and yeah. only references the first movie. And while it doesn't like retcon the second movie or anything, it does act like it doesn't exist.
1: Well, when you hear Rodriguez talk about it, he's like he has nothing but disdain for Predator Two. It's like Predator's like oh we're, that's us doing Predator right again. It's like who well, fuck you, man. <laughs> Predators Two fucking rocks. Absolutely, you fucking talk about. So it's like, yeah, it seems like everyone, everyone just shits on Predator 2, and I don't get why.
0: I also don't get like it's. I can I understand people not liking it. I understand people preferring, you know, Predator One. I get all that. I I don't get why people hate it.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't either. It's one of those things that just baffles me. So maybe sometime I'll try to find someone who hates it and see if they actually articulate to me what's so bad about it.
0: No, yeah, whenever I find people like that, they just then start saying things from the movie that I liked about it. <laughs> like a man of steel or Amazing Spider Man 2.
1: Yeah. That's one of those things, I suppose. So, um. That was a good episode. Yeah, it was a great episode, guys. Uh, thank you guys as always for joining us and listening in our conversation. I hoped you, uh, were able to follow along with us. I made sure to kind of post a little ahead of time that we could, you know, refresh yourself and Alien and hope for Aliens and Alien in uh, Predator 2. Um, as always, you can find us at moviefilmsofbillandsteve.tumblr.com uh, and you can email us at moviefilmsofbillandsteve at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter, at Lovable Bill. And you can find Steve.
0: Uh, you can find me on just Facebook. Um, but also, you can find uh, my films and ways to contact me at www.silverspotlightfilms.com or facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms.
1: And uh, Movie Films with Bill and Steve is also on Facebook. Oh, we're very close to 100 likes. So if, some, if you guys want to share it around, see if people might be interested in listening to uh, two cool dudes talk about movies, uh, we really appreciate that. That would be wonderful. And Uh, We might be on iTunes soon. I'm working on it. It's a lot more complicated than I thought it was going (laughs) to (laughs) be. So I will uh, let people know when that eventually happens. I I am going to work on it. So I want to thank you guys, as always, for joining us for Episode 4. And thank you all for joining us. Yeah, thank
0: you, everyone. Uh, Have a uh, great, great week. And good fight. Good night. I got to say it this time, Bill.
1: Oh, damn it.